you brought a Bible, let's go to the Gospel according to John. John chapter 20, beginning at verse 19 this morning. We continue our sermon series on This Changes Everything. We began a couple weeks ago talking about the cross changes everything. Last week I shared with you how the resurrection changes everything. And today I want to speak uh, regarding what the Lord has put on my heart this morning, a little bit more personal, individual to every one of our lives. And we find this important and uh, interesting passage of Scripture, the post-resurrection appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. It takes place a week after the resurrection. And here we are a week after the resurrection celebration. It's a good time to remember uh, the resurrection and the fact that Jesus appeared to men and women revealing himself as the glorified Savior, proving that he was indeed alive. We read then in John chapter 20, verse 19, So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I also send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. For you forgive the sins of many, your sins shall be forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, then they have been retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the, his hands, the imprints of his nails, of the nails, and put in my finger into the place of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. And Jesus came into the doors, having been shut, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger and see my hands, and reach here with your hand and put it into my side, and be not unbelieving, but believe. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for sending your son Jesus. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. And we pray this morning that you would allow my lips of clay to be anointed to preach your word. And that you would anoint the hearing of this congregation that they might hear the word and receive it as seed sown into the fertile soil of our hearts. We ask that in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to speak this morning about the scars of Jesus. This morning as we come in the celebration of the resurrection and the commemoration of those events which took place, and we are reminded that Jesus was on the earth after his resurrection for 40 days. And during that time, he appeared to his disciples, and uh, he appeared to them on different occasions and different places. And all of them who had the opportunity to see him recognized that uh, he was indeed alive. He was indeed risen from the dead. The Bible tells us that even up to 500 people saw him alive after the resurrection. 
They saw the risen Savior, and they saw him ascend into heaven, into the presence of God. Now when Jesus was raised from the dead, his body was glorified. And the glorified body of Jesus is the, is the hope of you and I as the church. Jesus has a glorified body, which means that his body has been freed from the uh, corruptions of humanity's uh, frailties, the, the uh, your human body ages, it declines, if you bruise it or, or cut it, it bleeds. The human body is subject to uh, hunger and to thirst and to weariness, but someday you and I are going to have a glorified body that will be a human body that is without any of those frailties. We won't get sick anymore. We won't need eyeglasses anymore. We won't, get, uh, we won't need uh, any, any of those types of things which help us or make us well. We will be glorified means we won't die anymore. Death will no longer have power over us and over the body that Christ is going to give to those who are resurrected from the dead. That is our future hope. But Jesus today is in a glorified human body. And so when the disciples saw him, they saw him glorified. They saw him having been resurrected, and he didn't look a whole lot like he looked when he was on the cross. His, his body, which had been bruised and marred and bloodied by the sacrifice for sin, was now completely restored and glorified, and it was uh, standing before them. And the body of Jesus was real in, in every sense of the word. There is a man today sitting at the right hand of God the Father. Jesus is the genuine humanity. He is 100% man and 100% God. And so when they saw Jesus, the Bible said they saw him eat. A spirit can't do that. They reached out and touched him, and they felt his flesh and his bones. And you can't touch a spirit. And so it was clear that Jesus was not just risen from the dead in spiritual form, but he was risen from the dead in bodily form. He was physically alive from the dead. The Bible says in Colossians Chapter 2 and verse 9, that in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And so don't get confused about that. Some people get confused about whether the resurrection body of Jesus was real or not, whether it was a spirit, a phantom, or a hologram of some form. No, friends, it was a genuine human body raised from the dead. The reason I'm making such a, a point of that this morning is that when you study the text, you realize that Jesus was glorified, he had a perfect human body, and yet this glorified, perfect human body was still scarred. And these scars were not an incidental thing, but rather they are the choice of Jesus. After his glorification, he could have had a body without scars. Every one of us, when we get a glorified body, we'll have a body without scars. When I was a little boy, I was trying to carve a piece of wood and the, the knife slipped and cut my thumb, and I still have that scar to this day. And uh, when, uh, when I get to heaven, that scar will be gone. But Jesus remains, uh, continues to have the scars of the cross. He had in his hands the, the scars of the nails, and in his feet he had the scar of, the si of his side being pierced by a Roman spear. And this morning I want to talk to you about that, because it's an important question for us to ask. Why does Jesus keep his scars? Why did Jesus continue to have his scars even after the glorification of his body? And the answer to those questions is significant for each one of our lives this morning. The first reason that I believe that Jesus continues to have his scars was, though, was so that he could authenticate that he was in fact 
the crucified and risen Lord. You see, perhaps the disciples would have thought if they had not seen the scars in his hands and his feet, they may have thought it wasn't really him. Maybe they would have thought it was an angel or some other being, some other person who showed up. But the scars authenticated the fact that it was, in fact, Jesus who was standing before them. It was, in fact, the Lord of glory, the one they had seen crucified on Friday, was now standing before them in glorious resurrection body. It was not a replacement, a substitute. It was not a legend or a myth. It was the very person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, can I tell you that his sacrifice on that day at the cross endures to this day. And the scars of Jesus remain in heaven today. The only thing in heaven that is made by man are the scars on the hands, feet, and side of Jesus. They remain a testimony of his sacrifice. They remain a testimony of his cross. They continue to be the authentication of the fact that he was the one who was slain for the from the foundations of the world. In fact, the Bible tells us that someday the Jewish nation which rejected Jesus will see him again. And the book, the book of Zechariah says that when they see him, they will see him whom they have pierced, and they will mourn because of their sin. This is the reality of the scars of Jesus, that they will be an eternal testimony to the world that he is the Lamb of God that was slain because of sin. You see, friends, some people want to whitewash sin, and some want to whitewash the cross. They want to do away with the blood. They want to do away with the cross of Christ. But friend, for all eternity, there will be a testimony in heaven that the only way that God could deal with sin was through the precious blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And can I tell you that the theme of the songs of heaven will be the cross. When you and I stand in the glorious portals of heaven, when we stand around the throne of God, there will be a song that is sung. The Bible said they sung the song of Moses and of the Lamb. What was the song of Moses? The song of Moses was that song that the Israelites sung when they placed the blood upon the doorpost of their house. And then they crossed across the Red Sea in glorious deliverance. They sang the song of Moses and of the Lamb. You and I will also sing the song of the Lamb when we get into heaven. We're going to sing about the blood of Jesus. We're going to sing about the victory of Jesus over sin, over death, over hell, over Satan, and over the grave. His blood will be our theme forevermore. When we're standing in heaven, we will have so many things to sing about. But there will be one note that will be struck for all of eternity. And that will be Jesus is the lamb that was slain and the lamb was risen again. The Bible says that John was weeping in heaven because there was no one worthy to take the scroll and to redeem the world. No one open, worthy to, to open the scroll and to break its seals. But the angel came to him and said, John, stop weeping, for behold, the Lamb of God, he is worthy, and he was slain and has purchased for God with his own blood men from every tribe, every nation, and every tongue. When we get to heaven, we're going to sing Oh, the blood of Jesus. We're going to sing of the worthiness of the Lamb. We're going to sing of the victory of the cross. And we are going to sing of our Savior's redeeming love. Can I tell you, friends, we might as well start now. We might as well sing about Jesus today. I said we might as well sing about Jesus today. There's some churches that don't sing about the blood anymore. 
They don't sing about the cross anymore. But here at Kingsway Church, we still sing about the blood. And we still sing about the cross because we have been redeemed by the scars of Jesus. Can you shout amen? The second reason that Jesus continues to have those scars is that they are his eternal ministry of intercession. You know, Jesus is the high priest of the believer. In the Bible, it was the responsibility of the high priest to stand between God and man. He was the intercessor. He was the one that took our prayers and brought them before God. Jesus is our high priest. The Bible tells us that he ever lives to make intercession for us. He is seated at the right hand of God. and He is making eternal intercession for you. Someday you might wish that somebody would be praying for you. Someday you might say, I hope Pastor Isaac's praying for me. Or I hope the elders are praying for me. You might say, I hope my mama's praying for me. And maybe that day everyone will have forgotten to pray for you. But can I tell you, friend, there's one who will never forget to pray for you. Day and night in the presence of God, Jesus is making eternal intercession for you. He ever lives to make intercession for me and for you. And this is how I imagine it. When I pray a prayer or when you pray a prayer in the name of Jesus, because the name of Jesus is the only is the only guarantee that God will hear your prayers. If you pray in Buddha's name, God won't hear that. You pray in the prayer in the name of Muhammad, God won't hear that either. If you pray in Mary's name, God can't hear that. If you pray in Abraham's name, God won't hear that. Guess what? You can pray in Pastor Isaac's name, God won't hear that either. But when you pray in Jesus' name, God hears that. He has promised to hear every prayer that is prayed in the name of Jesus. So when you and I pray in the name of Jesus and our request comes up to God and God the Father reads that request or he hears that prayer and he looks at Jesus to see if he can answer this prayer. And when he looks at Jesus, I imagine Jesus just goes like this. It's already been paid. It's already been covered. Here are the scars. Here's the receipt. You can answer that prayer because I have already delivered on that promise. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the intercession of Jesus. That's why you get your answers to your prayers. That's why you and I have deliverance today when we call on the name of Jesus because we have an intercessor before the Father. And his scars are that eternal reminder to the Father that the price has been paid, that the score has been settled, the ransom has been made, the redemption has been purchased, and you and I are free and clear because of the name and power of Jesus. Say amen. Somebody, if you believe that. But I want to give you the last reason this, this morning, and I want to linger on this a moment, that Jesus bears these scars because... They are the reminder to you and I that he has borne your scars. Most of the time when people have scars, physically, they try to hide them. Scars become a, a reason for shame for some people. You have a scar on your face. Uh, it seems to be something people like to or try to hide. And, and today's industry of plastic surgery has made it possible for people to hide some of their scars. But there are scars that are not physical. There are scars that are internal. Scars that people carry in their heart. Scars that were caused perhaps by rejection, by disappointment, maybe by the loss of a loved one, 
by a trauma or a tragedy in your life. These scars are scars that you carry and will carry as long as, uh, as, long as you don't give them to God. You see, the, the Bible tells us about the scars of Jesus and he chose to keep his scars because he chose to keep his scars so that you don't have to keep yours. He took upon himself the scars that you might be healed of your scars this morning and any person who will call upon Jesus can have full and complete healing. You know, the world offers us many ways to heal scars. One of the things the world tells us is that time heals all things. But you know the facts are quite different, don't you? Time doesn't heal much. Often time makes things worse. If you're scarred and broken because of the loss of a loved one, I can tell you five years later you're still hurting. You're still broken. Time doesn't heal the scars of abuse. It doesn't heal the scars of rejection. You, you can be, maybe you're like me, you can be having a good day, a day when everything's going well, and you just have one thought about something that happened 25 years ago, and immediately you're right back in that moment feeling just like you felt at that time. That's the power of scars in our life. When I was a, a, in high school, I wasn't very good at math, and, and in particular geometry wasn't my thing, but uh, I had just been accepted to the university. I was going to college. I was going to study biblical studies and political science. And I was, I was telling my colleagues about that at school. And, and my geometry teacher, he said to me, he said, Isaac, you really think you're college material? And, and I was already a little guy, but he made me feel a lot smaller. And I had to get over that. I had to decide, yes, I am college material, and I don't care what she say about it. But you know, sometimes when that thought comes back, I can feel just as small as I did the day he said that. And many people carry scars around like that, brokenness in their life. And one thought, one memory can remind you of that scar and bring you right back to that place of pain, of rejection, of fear, of anxiety, of worry, of terror. And friends, God wants to heal those scars in your life, but he doesn't do it by the process of time. You see, time is not the healer. God is the healer. Some people will tell you, well, uh, you, you will just have to wait on it and, and trust in, in time's ability. But time is created by God. Cry, time is not the medicine that God wants to use in your life. But rather there is a perfection of medicine that God has provided for you. Another way that people try to heal their scars is through medication. They medicate the pain and the hurt in their life. Some are doing it these days. We hear all the time on the news through prescription medications, through the abuse of, of opioids and other drugs. We see how people are trying to medicate the, the pain that's in their life. They're trying to medicate the sorrows and the, the brokenness of their heart. Some go to alcoholism or drugs. Others choose the pleasures of sex and immorality. Some are addicted to pornography. Others go to try to uh, solve their, their pain through gambling and the acquisition of money. This is a way that the world tries to medicate the pain that is caused by life itself. But friend, the medication of money and sex and power are always going to let you down. Drugs and alcohol and prescription drugs are always going to let you down. When the high is over, when the moment is past, when the thrill is gone, the pain will still be there. The scar will still be there. Others try to motivate their pain. They try to ignore their pain by becoming workaholics. 
They get involved in big projects and lots of committees, and they take on many commitments. Like Solomon, they build palaces. They build treasures and treasuries. They have thousands of horses and thousands of wives and concubines. And they find that after all the day's work, they still don't have peace. They still don't have healing from the pain in their life. And still others, they meditate on their pain. They don't say anything about it. They don't push. They don't shove. They don't argue. They just quietly chew on that pain, chew on that hurt for years and years and years. They're like a boiling pot that sooner or later is going to overflow. Sooner or later, that pain is going to rise to the surface and bring hurt and injury to somebody else and to themselves. Friend, these are the only options the world has. The world can try to cover your pain. It can try to cover the hurts and the fears of yesterday. It can cry, try to cover the scars. But only God can heal those scars. And this morning, Jesus is coming into the room of your heart. And he's saying, look, these scars on my hands and my feet. Behold the scar in my side. I am bearing your scars so that you can be healed. So that you don't have to carry them anymore. I will heal your heart. I will heal your broken soul. I will restore the years that you have lost and wasted. You won't have to wait on time because I can remove the pain of yesterday from your life today. I can destroy the power of that memory over your life. So that when you remember that thing, when you go back to that in your mind, it no longer has the sting or the pain of it. Only God can do that. I think of Joseph this morning. The Bible tells us about Joseph when he was about 16 years old. He was sold by his brothers into slavery. Now let me tell you guys, it doesn't matter what your siblings have done to you. Then nothing tops getting sold by your siblings into slavery. So just get over it, all right? You can say, they, they, they stole my dolly when I was six years old. Get over it. Joseph was sold by his brothers. You can imagine the wound of that. He was uh, sold, rejected, betrayed by his own blood. Now you know the story. He ended up in prison, falsely accused and forgotten. He ended up in a place of total and complete uh, brokenness. And yet Joseph continued to trust in God. The Bible tells us that one day God raised Joseph out of the pit and brought him to the palace. And just like that, Joseph went from being a nobody to being a somebody. Just like that, he went from being a man who had been forgotten to a man that no one would ever forget. And he became the second in command in all of Egypt. And guess what? One day, the Bible says his old brothers came into town. And now they were on the bottom, and he was on the top. You know, that's the true test of character. Character is not tested by what you do when you're on the bottom. Character is tested by what you do when you're on the top. And Joseph was now on the top. He could have destroyed them. He could have thrown them into prison. He could have made them slaves. But the Bible said that Joseph said these words, The Lord has caused me to forget. Joseph had had a healing take place in his heart. So that when he saw his brothers, he no longer saw them with a need for vengeance and revenge. But he saw them with compassion and with grace. Because God had healed the scars of his heart and caused him to forget the pain of their rejection and their betrayal. 
Joseph's story can be your story this morning because Jesus went to the cross. He suffered rejection. He, he suffered brokenness and betrayal. He suffered the cross and the agony of sin so that you and I could have freedom from our pain, freedom from our scars. And this morning that freedom can be yours if you will but call on Jesus by faith. Say amen, somebody, if you believe that. You say, Pastor, how do I receive this healing? How do I receive the healing of my scars? First of all, what you need to do is you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life and make Jesus the Lord of your pain. You've got to give your life to Christ. If you want to be healed, if you want to be whole, you have to give your life to Jesus. There is no healing outside of him. If you'll make him Lord of your life and Lord of your pain, he'll come in and he'll take over. He'll take control. You have to make him Lord of how you feel about those people who hurt you or that event that hurt you. You declare, Jesus, you're in command now. You're in control of my life. I trust you. I trust you with my pain. I trust you with my brokenness. Can I tell you, friends, this is what the Bible says. Jesus said these words. He said, the Holy Spirit has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and the recovery of sight to the blind and to restore the brokenhearted. That is the ministry of Jesus to you this morning. He has come to restore the brokenhearted, but you have to give him lordship over your life. You see, Jesus will not touch or bless any part of you that you don't give him control over. He will not bless any part of you in which he is not Lord. And so if you make him Lord, make him Lord of the pain in your life. Just tell him, Lord, come and do what only you can do in my life. He'll come in. He'll set up his rule and his reign in your heart. And that will change everything for you. He'll take that brokenness and make you whole. He'll take that sorrow and turn it into eternal joy. The second thing you need to do in order to be healed of your scars is you need to accept the full and supreme authority of the word of God in your life. You need to make a decision. God's word is the final authority in my life. You see, a lot of people, they talk like this. When they hear a Bible promise, when they hear a preacher preach a sermon, they say, yeah, well, that must be for somebody else. That's not for me. That Bible verse must apply to the preacher. It must apply to the good, to the good guys. It doesn't apply to me. Friend, as long as you think that way, you cannot possess the fullness of the promises of God. You've got to make up your mind this morning. God's word is going to reign over my life. And God's word reigns over my pain and over my past and over my sorrows. Listen, friend, you might be carrying around uh, wounds in your life that you just haven't been healed of simply because you will not accept the word of God over your life. And I call you this morning to make the word of God the authority in your life. Why? What does God's word say, preacher? The word of God says this. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The punishment of our peace came upon him. And by his stripes we were healed. That's what the word of God says. The word of God says, call upon me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you know not. And I will reveal to you an abundance of health and of healing. 
The word of God says that he sent his word and he healed all of their diseases. Not some of their diseases, but all of their diseases. The word of God says nothing shall be impossible to those who believe. The word of God says that if you will believe, you will see the glory of God. The word of God must be the final authority in your life. And only then can you begin to experience healing. Why? Because the word of God will tell you to do this, number three, to forgive. To let it go. If you want to be healed, you have to forgive. Forgive those who hurt you, those who scarred you. Maybe they did it intentionally. Maybe they didn't do it intentionally. But if you want to be whole and you want to be healed, you have to forgive. You say, preacher, that's easy for you to say. They didn't do it to you. They didn't, they didn't hurt you. They didn't wound you. They didn't scar you. Friend, do you understand that so long as you keep unforgiveness in your heart, you think you're hurting them. And I've had people tell me this. They say, Pastor, I can't forgive. If I forgive, they'll get away with it. If I forgive them, they'll get away with what they did. The fact is that as long as you don't forgive, you're the one that's being poisoned. You're the one that's getting sick. You're the one whose life is a mess. You're the one who's dealing with the scars. Today, if you come under the authority of Jesus and his word, you'll hear what he says. He says, forgive. And when you, when you forgive, when you let it go, you're giving God permission to handle that person in his own way. And you're deciding, God, I'm not the judge and I'm not the jury. That's in your hands. When you forgive that person, that chain loses its power over your life. And that scar can now be healed and made whole in your life because you have now come into God, into alignment with God's word and God's plan for your life. So this morning, maybe there are some people you need to forgive who are already in the grave. Somebody that's already passed away. And you just need to say, Lord, I forgive them. They hurt me. They wounded me. They shamed me. But I forgive them. I release them. And when you do that, you're going to experience something going on in your own heart. It's transformative. It'll change everything in that area of your life. And finally, if you want to be healed, you need to surrender to the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life. You see, Jesus said, I'm going to go away, but I will not leave you orphan. I will come again. Or he said, I will send a comforter. He said, I'm going to send a helper to you. The ministry of the Holy Spirit to you this morning is to give you comfort, to heal you. And as you walk with him, you're going to experience healing every day. You're going to experience the transformative power of the presence of God in your life every day as you walk with the Holy Spirit. Is there anybody in here that's walking with the Holy Spirit? Shout amen if what I'm saying is true. When you give your life over to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he brings comfort. He brings peace. He brings transformation. He brings healing. He brings health. 
And you know that you used to not be able to look at some person in a certain way. But when the Holy Spirit gets in your life, you look at that person in a whole new way. You have a whole new perspective. Because now you have a guide. The Bible said in the book of Isaiah, there will be one who stands behind you, saying in your ear, go to the right, go to the left. That is the voice of God. That is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And if you'll surrender to his work in your life, he will transform the way you live. And he'll heal the wounds of your heart. This is what the Bible tells us concerning the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He has come to comfort those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, and the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness, and to make them oaks of righteousness, and the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. He is the one who will rebuild the old ruins and raise up the former desolations. He will repair the ruined cities and the desolations of many generations. If you will allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life and lead you, he'll take your ashes and he'll make them into joy. He'll take your, your scars and your sorrows and he'll give you peace. He'll give you comfort. He'll take your garments of mourning and he'll give you a garment of praise and a spirit of rejoicing. He'll take the broken ruins of your life, the shattered pieces of your life, and he'll make a new man and a new woman out of you. He will take the desolation, the loneliness, the depression, and the fear. He'll fill your life with his presence, with his power, with his boldness, and with his grace. This is God's plan for your life this morning. And this is why Jesus retained his scars so that when you look to him, you might see that he bore the scars so that you would bear them no more. He wants to be Lord of your life and he wants to be Lord of your scars. He wants to be your healer this morning and he wants to give you full and complete freedom in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me, please? I want to make two invitations this morning. Maybe there's someone in here this morning that would say, Pastor Isaac, I've never given Jesus control of my life. I have not made Jesus Lord of my life. That's the first step, friends. That's the first step to any kind of enduring happiness and blessing is to say yes to Christ, to confess him as Lord. What does it mean to confess him as Lord? It means you confess, you declare he's in charge of my life. And so if there's anybody in here that would say, Pastor Isaiah, I've never done that. I've never received the forgiveness of my sins. I want to know Jesus as my Savior. This morning, if that's you, I want you to do something. I want you just to raise your hand. If you say, I want to make that decision this morning. I want to give my life to Christ. Right where you are, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I want to make that decision this morning. I see you back there. Anybody else this morning that says, I need to make that decision. I need to give my life to Jesus. If you'll make that decision this morning, you'll take the first step toward freedom from sin, freedom from brokenness and fear, and a new life in Christ. I'm going to ask those of you who raised your hand, would you come and join me here in this altar? I promise I won't embarrass you. I want to pray with you this morning. 
Would you come please? And the elders are going to join me as well. Make that decision this morning. From your heart, God's listening. God knows. And God cares. God loves you this morning. He sent Jesus to the cross because he loves you. And he wants to redeem you. He wants to make you new. Anybody else this morning who wants to come? Who would say, that's me, preacher. I need to say yes to Christ. Elder Swatcher, would you pray with him, please, this morning? I want to make this second invitation now. Every person in this room who would say, Pastor Isaac, I want the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want the complete and full work of God in my life. Maybe there's some scars in your life that need healing. Would you bring them to God this morning? But maybe it's not scars. Maybe there's other areas of your life where you just say, Pastor, I need the complete guidance and, and power of the Holy Spirit of my, in my life. Would you come to this altar? Would you just make yourself available for God to touch, for God to minister to you? To just say, Holy Spirit, give me joy. Give me peace. Give me wisdom. Give me life. Heal my scars. This morning, God has a plan for your life. His plan is to bring complete and total healing. Make Jesus Lord of your pain this morning. Let the Holy Spirit come in and rule and reign in your life. Decide I'm going to forgive. 